With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We're giving away two Almond Surfboards R-Series Soft Tops. That's right, two. Two lucky winners will be picked at random on December 1st. This network is listener-supported, and as a thank you to those who donate, we try to give away six surfboards a year. Almond Surfboards is doing a collaboration soft top with Surfrider Foundation. The board is 100% recyclable. It has stringers embedded in the foam, futures fin boxes, so you can actually kind of shred the board. I'm calling it medium performance, not quite high performance, but certainly kind of a step up from a generic soft top. Anyway, if you want in, you can make a donation of any size on surfsplendorpodcast.com slash donate, and then we will pick two winners on December 1st. The first name drawn will get to pick between the 5-4 quad or the 8-0 single fin, and then the second person will get the other one. And if you buy one of the boards from Almond Surfboards, they're actually donating a portion of the proceeds to Surfrider. So you can see all about those boards and make the donation on surfsplendorpodcast.com slash donate. And thank you for keeping this network alive and growing. A friend of mine told me that Neil Young said the earth radiates at a B-flat frequency. I always found that very interesting. And the frequencies are the same as energy and energy is what we're all made out of and that's why we're all connected to every living thing and to each other that's the voice of gavin beshin in jack coleman's new film zone frequency in addition to gavin the film profiles ryan birch bryce young dave rostovich andy neblis asher pacey and a few others that jack will discuss in today's chat the film is shot from Newport Beach to Australia, G-Land, France. It is the single best surf film that I have seen this year, and maybe even the last couple of years. It not only features the best surfing on the widest variety of equipment, but more importantly, it's actually the correct equipment for the given waves, of which there's tremendous variety, from soft tops to birches, asims, to 12-foot gliders, And those boards are high performance. They incorporate some ancient designs. And many of these elements in the film, these surfers, these types of boards, are stuff that we get to see daily on Instagram. But on that platform, often they're not particularly noteworthy. Sometimes they're just kind of only maintain my interest as novelty. I don't know that my brain kind of computes fast enough to process the context of the surfer, their equipment, as it relates to all of the WSL surfing that I that I consume. It's just, I see it and I go, oh, that's kind of interesting, and I scroll past. But the success of Zone Frequency is all in its direction. All of this raw material, which is spectacular, could have easily been cannibalized by a lesser filmmaker. Zone Frequency, on the other hand, marks a crescendo of confidence and conviction from filmmaker Jack Coleman that he's been edging towards with his previous four films. It's all kind of nested in the same unique thumbprint that Coleman established with his early work, but frequency bounds effortlessly between different moods. From this heart-pounding, searing shortboarding set to the track that you're actually hearing now under my voice, to literal backwards ballet on smaller right-hand point breaks on a glider, that is set to a beautiful harp serenade, which unexpectedly, Gavin Beshin charging pipeline also works beautifully well with. And this confidence of Coleman to understand the mood of an environment and of a surfer, and then to convey it through visuals and audio, and then connect all of these unique moods into one even expression is the reason why Zone Frequency is the best film of the year. 
And by the way, that's not a small statement. There are better surf filmmakers now than ever. And some of the greatest films that I've seen this year feature spectacular cinematography, direction, surfing, and many of those are even scored to their own music. But they almost always commit to that mood for the entirety of the piece, sometimes becoming too long art projects, operatic in scope and effort, but ultimately kind of lulling its viewer to sleep despite its really, you know, handy and deft craftsmanship. And again, Coleman could have been accused of that in his early work, committing to a mood and sticking with it throughout the film. But frequency marks a moment where all of the complexities of modern surfing and of Coleman himself are cinematically personified. And what's most exciting is that Coleman is actually entering into a new phase of his life after this film closes, which he tells me he seems to do every eight years or so. After growing up in Southern California, he left in his early 20s to work as a model for eight years, living in Milan, Germany, Miami. During that stretch, he learned about photography, and then he spent the next eight years shooting stills for fashion and editorial, eventually finding his way back to Newport Beach, California, and his childhood love of surfing. He then transitioned into filmmaking, and he's been nestled in the same location in Newport Beach, right behind the Frog House, living, producing a film every two or three years. But he's been in that location for eight years, and so on December 1st, he'll be leaving that home vagabonding around the globe for an indefinite period of time. And if you've ever fantasized about what would be required to pursue that lifestyle of world travel endlessly, Jack outlines it in the second half of this conversation. So look forward to that. But before we get into that, today's show is sponsored by one of this year's favorite companies, which is Slow Tide, mainly a towel company, but not just And everyone who bought Slow Tide Towels when we last featured them on the show sent rave feedback, my family included. And they have oversized beach towels, bath towels, changing ponchos. My favorites are their premium woven towels, which are just plusher and richer than the other printed towels. Um, Another thing, I traveled to Costa Rica and a couple of other places this year with one of their travel towels which is microfiber, so it's super thin. It packs into a very small square. It's lightweight, but it absorbs as well as the plush towels, and it actually dries faster. So that's a great add-on if you're gonna buy some product, throw in a travel towel. Um, You can support this show by using the promo code PODCAST. You'll get 10% off. You'll get free shipping on orders over $75. And then a really nice canvas tote with purchases over 150. Slowtide.co is their website. So slowtide.co, promo code podcast. I thank you for that in advance. And today's show was recorded at the Florida Surf Film Festival, wherein Zone Frequency was awarded the Film of the Year Award. We recorded this conversation the very following day. So without further ado, my name is David Scales for Surf Splendor. Here's my conversation with filmmaker Jack Coleman. Uh, Cheers. Yes, this is my first beer of the day. Hair a dog from last night, though. Is it? How yeah, many are you on? No, no, I I don't drink that much anymore. But uh, um, I mean, I probably had maybe ten drinks last night, maybe five cocktails, five beers. So that was, you know. But you looked pretty loose for sure. You were. Did I? Could you yeah. tell? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was the giveaway? Um. Yeah. Just. The eyes, the window to the soul. Oh, shit. Yeah, you were... What did I reveal, dude? It was just uh, just full of voidness, yeah. You're you're enjoying the, the day, into the night, or the last couple days, and yeah, you were, you're on a good one. How'd you feel this morning? Pretty good. I, like, started drinking water and eating grapes after the party, and... Uh, yeah, I, I think I recovered good. I don't feel too hungover. Uh, missed you at breakfast. 
Yeah, I uh, I missed the boat, huh? <laughs> you <Yeah>. did. <laughs> that felt good. I slept until like ten. No way. Ten a.m. Good. So that you. was like kind of the first day that yeah I was able to sleep in. I think I kind of maybe have a little bit of a yeah. I guess I've been drinking over the last month on the tour, so mm-hmm. you know it's like kind of a lot of parties. So I'm finding the way to transition to the next morning fine it it's brutal like it wears on you like i really feel like i punished my body worse in ways than like having done physical physical activity yeah that's what it does yeah Yeah, it's It's like the trade-off for me now is not worth it for i love the daytime so like just to be nursing yourself back to health in the day unless it's like well if it's a rainy rainy day then you're like really kind of depressed almost yep if it's a sunny day you feel like you're you know really like a blob of shit you know that's the way i felt today i spent most (laughs) of the day well we went and got breakfast and that breakfast uh, I hate to tell you, it was amazing oh did you go to a different place yeah okay yeah yeah i went to this epic place and just like getting all of that grease and like I had biscuits and like a bunch of heavy stuff, just weighing, soaking up all the alcohol in my system, made it actually feel good. Came back, yeah. and chilled for a bit. Nice. Yeah, but last night was pretty epic, dude. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, amazing venue here, uh, man. Yeah, it's like a little art colony for artists, you know. Turns out, and uh, yeah, we all have our own little accommodation, like on the property. It's we we've almost yeah, it's like a little. Um, it's like a little village mm-hmm. of a uh, surf film, you know, festival people getting together. And uh, so, yeah, I, you know, I didn't expect what happened last night. It was kind of like we went, you know, we sat down after and then they gave me the, the award and stuff. So that was a nice surprise. And um, yeah, the turnout was great. Like my movie played last, a lot of people left like four hours of, Surfing could maybe be a lot for some people, and then some people have kids. So, I think my movie went on almost like 10 p.m. But yeah, everyone that stayed had a had a good time, and uh, yeah, I thought it showed well. The screen's big, the sound was good. I think, and uh, a lot of people, I think, thought that the main uh, portion was that second set of films mm -hmm. because that one was packed. Yeah, yeah, you couldn't find a seat in there. Yeah, yeah. So maybe. they should rearrange that. But at any rate, what do you, I wanted to know what you felt about it as a filmmaker being able to showcase it in this type of environment, how much or how little does that matter to you? Um, it's, yeah, it's my first film festival that I have attended with the movie. So yeah, it's, it's incredible, but yeah, a lot of the showings are, I'm just kind of send the movie off and yeah, you guys could show it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's hard to be at every place, especially when, you know, you're on a, my type of a budget, which is, you know, no budget, but, uh, but yeah, it's a great, great opportunity to like showcase a movie, be there, you know, see their reaction, meet new people, be on a whole nother side of the country, you know, really epic. So as a viewer, I, we came out of the theater and I told you, first thing I told you, I was like, dude, i in, I'm inspired not only to like get in the water and surf as quickly as possible. I'm ex- inspired to like listen to music, to make music, to eat, to drink. Like the film, I was completely absorbed in it. And it's an art piece that moved me in a lot of ways that made me just want to like express, I guess is what it is. And I don't know that I would have fully had that exact same experience had I watched it on my iPad. You know, like I think I would have loved the the movie on the iPad, but emotionally, I guess in the room and the, I think the sound has a lot to do with that as well. Um, but emotionally being in the room, it was just like overwhelming, like, Oh my gosh, this is epic. You've got it running (laughs) through your veins. And then I just came out and like wanted to express that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I can tell you were, you definitely got in you, you know, but yeah, I think that's the, the best way to see a movie, you know, in a yeah. theater at a premiere with all the energy and the, remember the last night that one guy yelling and, mm-hmm. and it brings a whole different, um, uh, perspective to it because yeah, different crowds have different reactions to different waves, you know, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of parts to the movie that I know 
where there's going to be a reaction to like either a crazy wave or mm -hmm. um so yeah i think uh movies are definitely meant to be seen like that for the full experience but now it is it's it's pretty nice that you could just pop it on like a 60 or 70 inch at home mm -hmm. now as well and stream it you could get it pretty close to that experience but not with all the the other energy from the people so yeah yeah it's obviously the best way to see a movie it and really is yeah yeah i um i feel like there is a revival in surf film and almost a revival in uh film festivals too you know like i see them popping up all over the place so it'll be a good opportunity for people to catch stuff but um let's talk about zone frequency zone frequency is part two of a zone trilogy what is the concept behind the trilogy and what is the zone um yeah yeah the zone is it's gonna turn out to be three three separate movies uh and um i don't know i think the concept behind it is just uh, the well my favorite surfers that uh in the water is the main thing because uh, at the core of all three of the movies it's they're just surf movies so it's like a, a performance surf movie but without performance equipment so it's kind of each each guy like expressing their way of surfing um in a way that that's the zone you know like i think you know a guy like david rosovich you know he lives in the zone you know he's in his own zone and Asher or Ozzy and each guy um, is flowing with life and with surfing. They're flowing their surfing with their life. I think more in a, you know, in a positive direction uh, where it's not so um, ego driven anymore. I like how each of the cast members that I select for these movies are very carefully picked out. I want, each surfer that's in each of these films to, um, you know, kind of be doing something, uh, positive, like on the land, you know, not just in the water where they're, they're really nice to watch in the water, obviously, but on land as well, they're, they're, uh, I think they're giving something back to like our surf culture through, you know, either their shaping or their, you know, activism or whatever you'd want to say. But the, I, I just say the way they treat other people, so yeah, um, but yeah, it's it's kind of based off that. It's just the zone. I think it's like it's just a slang term that we'd say when someone surfed really well. Like man, you know, like my he's in the zone, you know, and uh, and I love being in the zone. So I f was thinking, well, I want to make another zone movie, and then uh, and then after this one, I was like, well, I guess I got one more in me, so maybe I'll do. A, a trilogy is a kind of, you know, nod of the cap to, to Witzig's, you know, trilogy that he did. So, yeah, I don't know. I think with, with the frequency, when I started to kind of uh, realize that the surfers that I'm shooting with are just starting to have kids and families and get married and we're all getting older and stuff, but they're still, you know, relevant surfers and what they're doing is incredible. And, uh, yeah, so I, I kind of in with this movie wanted to like maybe touch upon, you know, their their families, like who the things behind their surfing. So there's you know one section in particular, you know that that um, that ends the film and it's you know based around um, Gavin and his son, Ozzy and his daughter, Rangi and his new wife, and then Bryce and his mother to close the film out, which is like his best friend. So. I think that the, the frequency is kind of like the zone was more like these guys are in the zone and this is like, boom, you know, here's a performance surf um, film with, you know, there was a lot more of um, free friction in that. Um, and now I think that this one's kind of, you know, showcasing more of like Ryan Birch's boards and Bryce Young's surfing, which is really um, special what's happening right now with them too. And, uh, yeah, and then touching on that that uh, family aspect and stuff. So the the zone frequency is like when you're in the zone, and now you've you've found your frequency, and 
that's what, you know, each of the surfers in the zone frequency are doing, you know, Asher is doing his thing and Robin's doing his thing and Andy got in and it, that's going to be a part of the trilogy, the trilogy as well is, uh, like rotating like new cast members in that I feel like are guys that are like in the zone. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, my perspective on it is that first, the zone, the first film, um, obviously featured Derek Hind pretty prominently and it felt a little bit more like traditional narrative. This one, I feel it's more abstract, but it's actually more successful. Like these are character profile studies, almost Taylor Steele used to do. Everybody has a section, you know, a lot of films are like that, but yours, it has, it's not just a section about the person. It does infuse all of their personality and it is a character study, but done in a very abstract way. So I feel like I know Asher Pacey through watching the film, even though he doesn't have voiceover or anything like that, you know, and there yeah. isn't a Q and a with Asher, but yeah. it's, it's beautifully done. Like it's a very successful profile study of these guys. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I think um... I was blown away by it. Yeah, there's with with a you know the time that you're allowed for a a feature movie, you know, they're usually in the thirty minute you know to an hour mm-hmm. range. Yeah, and, shit. Um, <laughs> a little dance party outside. <laughs> How good is his hat? It's so, so good. good. I love that his thing. whole outfit. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. Um, I don't know what were we what were we uh, talking, uh, talking about, about there? successfully designing like these character oh, profiles yeah, yeah, yeah. in a kind of abstract. Yeah, I mean, it's just I get to spend time with the guys. So That's it's what like, it is, Yeah, for sure. it's just like we're all pretty close now, you know, and uh, a lot of the cast members are like their best friends, you know. It's right. like the G-Land trip that we made. It was me and Ryan, Derek, Eric, and then the other friend, Chris, that they all grew up together. Yep. So I was kind of like the fifth wheel on that trip. Like just kind of like watching four best friends who grew up together go on a surf trip to G land, mm-hmm. you know, and they're just like having the best time, you know, it was a great trip, but yeah, I get to like spend time with all of them. So I kind of, I have a feel for what, uh, each, each, you know, cast member like represents and what they stand for and stuff. And then, yeah, just adding in the, the, the music to, to, to showcase their personalities is like, another thing that I like consciously like to do, you know, like, Oh, this, this song's great for, for Robin and Andy. And, or this song is, um, you know, perfect for Ari Brown or, you know, so, so that consciously goes into it as well. Uh, tell me, I'd love to hear more about that process. I, the music to me is unbelievably good. Like, and I told you this on the beach the other day, that I have high expectations for the music in your film. And last night they superseded, I saw the film previously, but they super, they exceeded my expectation. The music's so, so good. How do you find it? I know you don't use Spotify. Like, how do you even find music? Are you on YouTube? Are you listening to the radio? Are people giving you stuff? Yeah, no. uh, Well, the last two, maybe I've had some stuff that's given to me. Like, I think maybe in the, late 2000s like right before 2010 before i got into filmmaking i kind of started really dabbling in with um um you know cultural music like world music you know turkish underground or um you know persian stuff but i i I was drawn to that kind of early 70s garage you know stuff that they're they're you know recording all around the world at the time even african stuff so yeah, there's been some people that have kind of pushed me in a direction, like, check this out. And then from that, yeah, I mean, YouTube's a huge thing. Okay. So YouTube's, um, you know, a really big tool to kind of, for me to keep kind of popping around. And, and um, every other week or so, I'm, I'm kind of bouncing around. And then I have, you know, I have like a full kind of list of, uh, you know, 100 songs that I really like that I think could bring something to a, like a surf edit. And, um, so yeah, I just keep those on, on the back burner. And then some, sometimes they get, they get put in the movie. You only allowed so much time in a movie. So, you know, you have eight songs and, you know, I have a folder of a hundred songs that are all really great songs. It's just, there's so much great music out there that never really is getting out because, 
uh, I don't know, you know, people aren't looking for it or right. they're not really that interested in looking for it. But when they hear it, they're like, oh my God, this is really amazing. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I like to listen to that music all the time, you know, or, you know, so I'm pretty off the, the mainstream path. I'm looking for, you know, these, these artists that were just like recording in their garages like a long time ago. And, you know, they're just really small and, um, I don't know, the soulful th songs that I like, you know, I like mostly instrumentals, but yeah. Who are, uh, the cast of characters in zone frequency? Um, it is, uh, Bryce Young, Ryan Birch, Ari Brown, uh, Robin Kegel, Andy Neblis, Asher Pacey, Ozzy Wright, Eric Snortum, Rangy Armand, and uh, Rasta. How'd you meet Rasta? Uh, I met Rasta in just through like being in Australia, I think in 2013 when I started to go there. Like, um, I would do long three month trips and I was staying near where he lives. So the proximity was kind of like we would always see each other, you know, like downtown or or see him at the pass. He'd go surfing with Lauren or, you know, it's just like he knew I was embedded and he eventually like I, I met him through my friend Ryan Haywood, who's a photographer and he was doing that Corona beach house thing at the time and then that was the first time that i you know got to meet rasta and you know hang out with him and stuff but he wasn't even really supposed to be in this movie and the the few waves that he is in the movie on when he's kneeboarding i'd happened to be out in the water and i heard someone go hey jack you know and turned over and there was rasta you know like what are you doing how's it going and so yeah i caught the first wave in he actually gave me a wave i caught the wave and ran home got my camera ran back and and then that was how like i'm like well ross is meant to be in this movie you know kind of happened that way but but uh yeah so I, i'm i'm not like you know i'm not super close with ross but i'm not um trying to you know he has so much um stuff or he likes to be private so i liked for him to have his privacy you know which is why I asked about him specifically. Um, is there a, I mean, how delicate is that as a filmmaker? One model in surfing is like, hey, the more publicity, the better. Like show up at the beach at this time and we're going to shoot photos and you're going to get publicity and we'll all get more likes on Instagram and all that. And it feels like the most successful pro surfers that we've seen are the opposite of that. They're actually, you know, Dane Reynolds or, and we can go way back in history. They're actually aloof and they don't necessarily want the attention. So how delicate is that relationship as the filmmaker? Do you have to ask like what, what's the, yeah, relationship? no, it's, it's like a building trust thing, you know, like, yeah, the, the first few times I met Ross, it was just like, Oh, you know, cool. Nice to meet you. And then over time you continue to see each other. And then, I mean, a lot of the cast I'm really close with, you know, like, with Ari Brown, I stay with his family. With Ozzy, I'm with him and his family. With Bryce, I'm like with their family. Um, but yeah, it took a, took took time to kind of build that trust. I mean, some guys are right away. You know, like me and Derek Disney, for instance, kind of both. Um, I ended up getting signed with Visla, and he was already on the team. And he was one of the reasons that I was even I wanted to be on the team. I'm like, whoa, he's amazing. So. Yeah, Derek's the easiest guy to work with. He's like that type of guy. You don't have to, there's no, it's really easy. Like, okay, I'll go to the beach. All right, I'll meet you there at 10 and mm -hmm. he'll show up. But but yeah, the the there's some guys that are pretty dynamic, you know, that are really hard to shoot with because they're not seeking the attention. Like I would say one in particular would be like Robin Kegel, who's, a, you know, in, in my movies and yeah, no one, he doesn't really shoot with anyone. So it's taken, it's taken me, you know, a long time to build that trust to where now Robin trusts me you know, and, and I'm the only guy that he shoots with, you know, on the reg or that I know of or anything yeah. like that as well. But if, uh, like with that Rasta example that you gave, when you're headed in to the beach to grab your camera gear, do you ask, Hey, can I go shoot you? No, no, no. I, um, 
I think that we've already had that. We've already crossed that okay. road. So yeah, he knows. Yeah, he 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 knows what. I, I feel like he maybe. I think he saw me on the point after I ran back and set up my camera and maybe stayed out a little bit longer than he probably would have if I wasn't there. He probably was like, all right, I'll get one more. I, I think Jack ran and got his camera. Right. <laughs> Did And then so. once you're going to use the footage, do you showcase it to them for their approval? Um, I no, I ne- no, I ne- I mean, I haven't. Maybe I should do that with Rasta. He's a, such an exception. He's like, but... Um, no, I feel like I'm portraying them in a positive light or, cool. you know, if it's, if it's something that, uh, I would know not to, you know, like, yeah, yeah Ross, Ross backs me and we're, you know, he understands what I'm trying to accomplish and stuff. And yeah. so, yeah, no, I've never, never had that happen before cool. or I've never had to do that, but, cool. but yeah, it's like, yeah, you're building a relationship, like for instance, a new cast that i'm planning on having for the next movie it's like this last year was like we finally got to meet and you know and it, and the year up to that was kind of like everyone going oh you should meet this surfer he'd be good for your films it's like oh, okay cool but it takes a long time for or you know to things i don't really rush things and i'm not really like that filmer you know where it's yeah. like we gotta get clips you know i'm i'm more um yeah, I'm a little bit more easygoing. Probably easier to work with if you ask the surfers. It's kind of no pressure. It's just me on my own, you yeah. know, kind of shooting from the hip. So yeah. not trying, you know, not really being too intrusive. And I just let the surfing kind of tell a story. That's the main thing with yeah. these guys. And I'm, I'm sure that they like that as well because, you know, it could be hard on them to ask them to do something that they don't want to. So I'm careful of that not doing that and keeping it really simple on a, you know, just like trust level. Mm-hmm. But yeah. can you say who the surfers are going to be in your next film? Well, yeah, it's crazy. Cause yeah, the last time I remember I was talking to you, the last podcast we did, I was like, Oh yeah, I want to have this and this person. So a lot, a lot of things change, you know, like, um, I mean, is there surfers that I, you know wish that i could have in the movie i mean yeah there's like two in particular that are i'm hoping to be able to get into the next movie so um but yeah mikey february is is one of them and then i also dan malloy who's one of my favorites of all time but so like you know that type of uh um you know those two guys in particular are at the top of of my list for for new cast members it's a great call yeah it's uh it, I, you used the word progression i think at the beginning of this conversation um i feel like your films are very progressive or the or what i mean is the surfing that's being done at them is actually progressive and traditionally when surfers use that word we're talking about felipe toledo doing two alley-oops at j bay and that being progressive and to me, and it is, I think that is too, but like to me, these guys are designing boards, designing features into boards that we've never seen before. So the boards are progressive. Boards, there's a certain, there's a right board for every type of conditions. And these guys tend to be on that right board for the right conditions. And the board that they're writing is kind of a design experiment in a lot of ways that it's on the fringes that is pushing things in a progressive way. And then your way of kind of capturing it all is more abstract and progressive that we really haven't seen in surf filmmaking before. So I feel like all of it is. And every time that you introduce a new character, I'm like, Oh dude, you tapped into it perfectly. Like Febs is hitting his stride. Like got off tour, isn't always riding the same thrusters and he's, and people are embracing it and really celebrating it. So he's hitting his stride right when you're going to kind of connect with him. Dan Malloy, I feel the same way about, or a different way about, but similar in that as the surf world is kind of cycled back to some of this alternative equipment, Dan is the guy who rides that equipment best. And he, he hasn't lost a step at all. If anything, he's only gotten fitter and kind of more actualized and all of this. And it's like, oh God, revisiting Dan is such a genius move. Like, I think it's epic. 
I'm yeah. so curious to see what he would ride, where he would ride it, how he's going to ride it, all of that. I was trying for this this movie to get Dan in, but yeah, you know, he has a lot going on with his farm and his family and stuff. So, I mean, yeah, I cross my fingers. That is like best case scenario because uh, I feel like he's, um, you know, he's not seeking the attention. He's fell off the radar. He doesn't. He hasn't been in a surf movie in a while, and mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people. It would be a great like remembrance of what he contributed, you know, and he did so much, you know, through his, his trans, his transformation from, you know, performance surfboards into riding, you know, the equipment and, uh, and yeah, Mikey's the, the same way. Like, you know, he's, he's still riding thrusters like right now, I guess he's like prepping for the Olympics and stuff, but yeah, he's loving shaping his own boards and, and he's getting boards off of like a lot of other shapers and, and then on top of that, like what he's doing for, you know, South Africa, how just he's such a like positive role model, you know, he doesn't, mm-hmm. he's not getting in trouble. He surfs amazing. He's nice to everyone. I mean, it's just like for me would be, um, that's best case scenario for both of those guys. But like they're, you know, you never know what, what will, will transpire in the making of a movie. But, but yeah, that's, that's my hopes or, you know, and, there's, you know, other new cast members as well. I'm pretty sure that um, my friend uh, Zach Flores will probably have a part. And he's a young kid. He just turned 19. And uh, I, you know, I held him back from this one to kind of have him in the next one. And so there's like a little place for everyone and, and for the new guys. Yeah. You know, obviously, Bry, you know, Bryce Birch and Derek will still be prominent in the next movie as well. So... So yeah, there's a kind of a limited number of space and, and, um, and there's kind of a reason for each surfer that I think are, is going to be added to the next one. Right. And, uh, yeah, it's, I hope it's super I hope, fun. Yeah. I hope those guys, Fabs and Dan come together. Yeah. Um, what's the business model or what's the financial model? I should say, like, how do you even get around the world to surf and travel with these guys? And I mean, it's a three year ordeal lots of times. Um, yeah how does that all work yeah it's just like there's no i don't like set budgets or even think really about that i just kind of say i happen to you know come into some money from some work you know that money goes okay well i can buy my plane flight to australia and i'll go there for seven weeks and then and then i stay with you know my friends over there or i'll come home and um yeah i'm gonna go to baja and drive into Baja with my own truck or, but it's just kind of like, it's almost like my life. It's not like I'm thinking of, um, Oh, I need to do this to do this. It's just, um, it's gotten to where it's literally just kind of all of that. I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm kind of just, um, I don't really think about the financial stuff. Um, too much it's nice having a little bit of help you know which i do you know it's i'm going on year five with visla so they've been the kind of the backbone to all this over the last five years because i've been able to rely on that steady amount i know that i can you know have my rent paid and then i could set aside some money to go on a trip so yeah it's all me hustling on the side trying to get um money saved to get on the next trip and then is that film work yeah gotcha yeah all film work so yeah that was kind of the point when i first started i was i had to you know do other jobs i was doing like photography jobs to kind of to start the dream of making surf movies because it did you know it doesn't really pay and uh and then eventually i was able to phase out that part of my life like the photography and doing all the, the, cause I just wanted to focus on surfing. So yeah, I'm getting to do what I really want to. I just Good. always wanted to make surf movies. Yeah. I didn't really care to enter the commercial world or anything like that, which is a lot more lucrative. But I, th- I think that having your, your freedom and sanity as opposed to like big paychecks is, you know, it's priceless. So yeah, yeah I don't make that much money, but I'm able to, you know, live such a free existence and it's so fun, you know, just 
traveling around the world, hanging out with friends that are from different countries and, you know, just, uh, it's kind of the dream well, that, that I've wanted and it's, you know, it's here. So that to me is what I really want to talk to you about. We, I know we talked about it a bit already, but let's do it again for the listeners and I can do a deeper dive too. Uh, you're shaking things up. You're going to have a new phase of your life coming up on December 1st. You've lived in Newport beach for the last 10 years or so, or more than that, actually. Yeah. Like 24 or something. 20 years. Um, you're giving it up. Yeah. Going on the road. <laughs> yeah. Going to be a vagabond. <laughs> yeah. So you and I are both, let's just say middle-aged and, uh, I'm feeling that pull, dude. Like, I think it's a normal thing probably for people, certainly in Orange County. Maybe it's a midlife thing anyways, you know, but um, Orange County, it's such a rat race and it's not that gratifying. And you just find, and I know you talk about the waves being not inspiring, but all of it is just kind of uninspiring and wildly expensive. And so you find yourself compromising, you know, your own kind of, choices or things that you would want to do just to service that financial model. And so the idea of abandoning it all and getting out of town is so appealing. And yet I think we all have like a mental trap or anchor that prevents us from doing it. What are you doing and why? Well, yeah, I've decided to do it because I think right now, while I'm still, you know, young and have the, the, the freedom to to go that's one thing that you always hear from your elders are like when you're young travel get it all out and uh so yeah i've kind of reached that point where i was getting bored with the waves at home and and just realizing that southern california is not you know really paradise that it's made out to be through you know our our visions of it you know growing up or you know growing up there and stuff it's a great place to live but Eventually, yeah, you know, I, I, uh, I think that life goes in like eight year cycles or at least mine does. And, uh, I've been at that, the Hobbit house that I've lived at for like eight years now. And I just, the last couple winters have been pretty brutal. Like, you know, there's just no waves and it's a really small space. And I just felt like, you know, like when we're having this, you know, in January, I could go to the other side of the world in summer, you know, like, so I don't know. It was nice to be, to be, um, comfortable in, in the space that I had for, for that time. And, uh, it's, it was awesome cause I was able to make, you know, the zone and, and, um, I made groove move out of there and secret sound. I made a lot of movies and did, had a lot of fun times, but, but yeah, it was just kind of like why, you know, I don't have to be tied, but down by this place, which is what I wanted to have a stable home for for a bit because i was like living out of a bag for a while and i did that and i was just like okay well i'm really focused to make this next movie how can i make that happen i think i just need to go out on the road i think everywhere that i'm going to go i'm going to kind of you know i'm going to tow myself into a situation where you know there's some like world-class waves around and the guys that i like to shoot so um i think i could you know if i get waves on these trips, you know, who knows the movie could be done pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just figured throw, you know, the few things that I want in storage and I'm going to empty out all the stuff, all the stuff I don't want. Same thing I did before. I remember I lived in a place and after eight years, I kind of got the itch and left as well. I had a really cool spot, like a built my own studio in there and everything. And it was like a dream spot, but I just, you know, left. So yeah, when you're tied down to one place, like you're not leaving your, or, you know, now that I don't have that, I'm opening up myself to maybe some interesting situations or, or times, you know, like I could end up living in Australia or I could, you know, end up in Hawaii for a month, you know, like just places that I think I want to be at and, uh, um, and having the freedom to do it, uh, at, I'm going to take advantage of it starting December. So yeah, it's going to be a fun 2020 for me. I'm going to try to outline it, blueprint it for people who are starting to fantasize in their head. Do you keep a car in Southern California? Do you keep, obviously you said you do have storage there. 
uh, are you going to be renting places long-term on the road? And is it going to cost you more to live the vagabond lifestyle or less than Southern California would be? Well, the, the goal for me is, is like live the same, you know, by the same means. So by eliminating that cost for, for rent that I'm paying, uh, there could be, yeah, a possibility of, I find a place to sublet when I'm on the road for a month, you know, and that would be, you know, the equivalent to a rent that I'm paying. So I'm planning on that happening. Yeah, that's a possibility. But yeah, a lot of the places that I go to, I'm kind of um, also hoping to get accommodated, you know, by friends and stuff. A lot of them have an extra bed or I'm pretty simple. So to to have somewhere for me to stay. And, uh, and then, yeah, I'm just, I've got to the point where I'm, you know, I'm putting a little nest egg, putting some money aside so I can hit the road for three or four months and not have to um, worry about, you know, this or that. Like everything's kind of taken care of. But yeah, I will. I do have a car and this this is, you know, the first part of, of this year. I'm going to definitely, you know, find a place probably to store my truck. So when I do go back home, I'll, I could be mobile because I, I think I'm going to have to edit at some point during all this process and you know going back home will be no problem for me i'll have places to stay after i go out on the road so i'm gonna have yeah just stores with like you know some negatives and film and cameras and hard drives that are important like a really small one and i don't have that much stuff you know just crip put in crates and then yeah find a place to store my truck and then uh i'm gonna keep it and yeah see what happens cool uh, what are your destinations that you already have mapped out for this trip? Yeah, it's weird because, yeah, they're at, I think he was asking me last night. He's like, boring. That sounds boring. But it's like right now I know like, I'm, I think I'm going to Hawaii. <laughs> and then I think I'm going to Baja. And then, you know, I'm never – I'm not rolling out like going to the Caribbean. And I know I'm going to Australia at a certain point. I know I'm going to go to, to Bali at one point. And uh, – yeah, I mean, I really want to go to Portugal. So, um, I mean, I just went, had my spent my first time in France. So I, I know I can, you know, I could go to France. And uh, so, yeah, those are the main ones I'm looking at. And, and who knows what will pop up. It's all kind of going to these interesting locations would be something that I think, like, a cast member would want to do. Yeah. And I'd be like, okay, well, can I go? And like, yeah, you're you're in. Yeah. But other than that, yeah, I'm looking for places that are moderately temperatured. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> you're warm. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a fair weather guy. I mean, yeah, you could see it in all my work. I like like sunny stuff and yeah. blue water and swim trunks and that that's my my um that's my like happy places. So, I'll be kind of looking for for that type of thing. Have you ever reconsidered locate or have you ever considered relocating to New Smyrna Beach? It has all of those things. It's yeah, no, I like how tropical it is. I mean, it's really swampy. I've I, I barely spent any time, like not that much time outdoors, other than when we went and surfed and stuff. But yeah, it's like I have all these little strange bug bites, or like yeah, I don't know where they came from, but it's 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 um it's pretty pretty tropical here you know I, I get a sense of like australia mm-hmm. and costa rica kind of to mesh together here i know but uh I, I mean if i had to i would i mean there's some decent ways and there's you know obviously there's a lot more people around than i thought i thought it was like one street with like 42 people but right. <laughs> it's like huge there's stuff popping off everywhere there's lots of you know attractive females there's yeah, there's, it's got everything. There's a huge coastline. Like the the two people that I knew from Florida came last night Epic. and I was like, I didn't even tell them to come because I thought it would be kind of far. And then I realized it was like, oh dude, it's only an hour and a half away or I live 40 minutes away. And like from us in California, like, well, that's pretty far, yeah. you know, but for them, they're like, you know, we don't ever have to worry about traffic or yeah. on the coast. You just shoot it on these freeways and mm-hmm. you're you're at the Outer Banks or you're, you know, here in New Smyrna or, but yeah, it's really cool. I would live here if I had to, but I mean, it wouldn't be like a first choice, but, but it's, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's almost like flip a coin for here in California, but waves aren't good enough here. 
Yeah, I, yeah, and yeah, you know, I mean, California have my family and everything, so it's kind of like, I know I'll always be centered around that, mm-hmm. and um, but yeah, I like Florida. I think it's, I love the beaches. They they blow California's beaches away. Yeah, it's the it's, actual white sand and like, yeah. yeah, it feels like you're like actually out in nature. Totally. <laughs> so, um, talking about bug bites, I'm starting to regret my decision to leave this door open for the cool air while we're recording this, mm-hmm. my room's going to be full of bugs. Tonight. Really? I, yeah, they're, they're saying they're like, around. they're like freaking invisible. That's what someone was saying. There's this one little tick that lives in that moss and they just, you don't even see them and they burrow in you. And I think maybe that's what I got. I don't know. Really? They're, they're, they're called don't see us or something. Oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't see them. I've heard, see I've heard him say that. So, yeah. There's like invisible bugs, but but yeah, I was talking to my friend who lives here. He's like, you just become immune to it. Totally. And it's the same thing. But but us Californians, we don't have any mosquitoes. There's no bugs. So yeah, always going to Indonesia and Australia. I'm like, ah, mm-hmm. ah. And it's kind of the same feeling here. But I think that uh, if you live there, you kind of just cop it. And totally. You, yeah, you get used to it. So You see tourists on the first couple of days of the trip, like lathering up with bug spray and all that sort of stuff. And after a certain point, you just deal with it um one thing i want to talk about is your uh writing free friction make sure i get that right yeah not finless not friction free tell me about why you're writing free friction i just love the feelings that you get from it whether it's um just that that feeling of going sideways is almost uh if not more rewarding than um you know like really bashing a lip or doing a hack i just feel like when i get on a fin board now it's um i don't know this is too much fin <laughs> it's really draggy yeah i just i love the feeling of um just yeah you go so much faster um just like it sounds you know uh it's just yeah you're free of friction so yeah you're going a lot faster uh i would say it's not i mean obviously i'm not a hundred percenter i'm not like someone that's like hardcore uh, no fins i mean i love if the time if the conditions call for to have fins in the board Mm -hmm. i'm not i'm putting them in you know but i'd say you know more than half of the time I surf, it's with no fins because usually when the waves are bad, uh, say around our, you know, in, in Newport or anywhere in Southern California or anywhere on the planet for that matter, and you just have a little one foot closeout, you could go out on a soft board and with no fins and go sideways on your stomach and just be like, wee. And yeah. that's what surfing is, is having that, that feeling of, uh, you know, that free feeling, that that fun, exuberant that you get as a kid. And that's what I feel like having, you know, surfing um, uh, free of friction is, that's what it does. For me, it just frees me to not be so serious and and just uh, enjoy the moment of each wave in some way or another. Yeah. It's, what type of conditions would you prefer to have fins in? Uh, yeah, when it's tubing, like (laughs) definitely when it's tubing, I'm not good enough of a surfer to not have the fins in like guys like Derek or Ari Brown or something. These people are like really literally almost not human. They make it look easy, but you have to be super flexible and super light, which those two things are I'm missing. So yeah, I understand my limitations, and I've been trying. I mean, I'm probably on year shoot year five or something, trying to surf you know, without fins in the board, and uh, it's still like I'm just getting comfortable to the point where I can get up to my feet and get one pump in, okay. you know? So that is a five-year journey in yeah. itself for, for, like, people that are, are – not exceptional surfers like you know us yeah so yeah it's just fun it's a whole new feeling i i would i rode 
you know, thr- I had my thruster phase for 15 years and then I went into my fish phase for 10 years and then started going into the longboarding and, and, uh, yeah, I just, uh, it, it, uh, it just makes it a whole new, has just whole new feelings, you know? So what's your go-to board at home? Oh, I mostly ride like a seven foot soft tops, but I, yeah, I have like, um, yes, seven foot is like the, the size that I, that I really connect with. And then I also have like nine foot for when it's like really small to have, but yeah, those are like the two size boards that I mostly run with, you know, like seven foot, nine foot, seven foot soft top, no fence. Yeah. Yeah, that that's my um yeah, that's my go to probably for you know, I'm almost, I think I'm on year eight of almost exclusively riding soft boards. So it's been So what that's yeah, fun. Tell me about that. In addition to the finless, why soft boards instead? Uh they're just safe, you know. Like for me, honestly, like they're safe and you could go out and it's a toy. It's not serious. Um and yeah, I just, you just have a whole different kind of mindset in the water. It just frees you up and, and, um, you're just kind of wanting to have fun or just, it is fun. You're just like, you can't take yourself serious cause you're like on a piece of styrofoam, you know? And, uh, so yeah, I like, I like all that, you know, that, that it's like, cool. It's, it's super, um, safe and it's and uh it's super fun and it's super not serious that's that's why the um there's certain designs in the finless board or free friction boards that derek and uh ari are writing that tremendously help their efforts to not have fins you know there's channels there's sharp edges and all that sort of stuff that uh, i think would benefit you if you got off the soft top, if you had like a hard board, you could design in features that'll help you execute your oh, yeah. free friction. No, I've, I've ridden a rabbit's foot and I've ridden some of Derek's shapes and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's, um, you then where I get to the point, seriously. that's when I get to the point where I'm, my favorite thing about riding a softboard is how safe it is. Cause like I could go out and go under the lip on, you know, like a, 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 10 foot face wall and just I'm going sideways under the lip as it's breaking. And I'm just kind of laughing in my head like, Whoa, this is going to be fun. Yeah. As to where you're on a hardboard with a really sharp edge and channels and you're just like, okay, how am I going to get out of this situation? So mm. yeah, that's, um, where can people find zone frequency? Um, right now it's on Vimeo on demand. And yeah, the, the reason that have it on Vimeo on demand, it's almost like a Patreon for like creators. I mean, they, they help out as far as, um, the, whatever sales that you make, they give most to the creator. Um, as, as opposed to, you know, like iTunes and Apple, they take a large chunk of that. So right now it's just, I'm going to keep it available on there for a few more months and then eventually it'll be on iTunes and, and that, that format. What's the cost? Oh, it's ten ninety nine. Cool. Yeah, I wanted to keep it, you know, like the cost of a meal deal. Like, <laughs> could have been thirteen. You know, well, why don't you do this and that? I'm like, I mean, ten ninety nines. Um, I felt like you're right where I wanted to be, or you could like rent it for five bucks or something like that. But, um, but yeah, it's soon coming to iTunes, and I know that that's a huge um, format for uh, a lot of people that they like that super user-friendly everyone has their apple account boom it's on your laptop or your phone once you buy it so i'm just waiting a little bit longer till i put the film up on itunes but that's the process is about to start for that so do you have a favorite section in the film um yeah i mean my favorite section is the final section it's like that that family piece to the to the harp song with gavin and rangy and ozzy and then it closes out with bryce and his mom um yeah, I kind of built the movie around. I knew I had that 
section because that that song came to me early in the go you song know? so good. yeah it's crazy uh, yeah it's a special song to me and uh yeah really uh i really feel that 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 section is you know the most important in the movie so it just it kind of brings all my work into perspective in one little section i feel like it's powerful yeah Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. And I forgot to ask when we were talking about cast members earlier, but how'd you connect with Gavin Beshin? It's great to see him in the film and yeah. you got him to voice over some mm -hmm. stuff. Tell yeah. Me what he did was. the spoken word. Yeah. It was like dream come true to in the zone. There's a little bit of spoken word in the beginning, but that was by my producer and my friend Harry. And obviously I think surf movies are pretty much, they should you know, or they're mostly surfing, but there's got to be some type of little intro or outro to preface what the movie stands for and all that stuff. So I knew in the back of my mind, I was like, Gavin is, you know, for me, one of my favorite uh, cultural surfers. And I love his, the way he looks at the world and stuff. So I knew when I kind of had the movie title i was like this is you know the zone frequency and and uh and it'd been a long process like i like i said it is like i was friends with his team manager for for volcom and it took a couple years it was a couple year process i was like well i really want to meet gavin he's like okay cool i'll run it by and then you know gavin's not you know he's has his family and his life and i could imagine like oh yeah someone wants to do something with you like Oh, cool. And Gavin's kind of like at that point in his career where he's not really shooting with anyone, you know, anymore. He's kind of like just cruising. And uh, so, yeah. And then finally I was going to Hawaii and then it was all teed up by my friend, Richie. And, uh, and then the, he connected us and um, yeah, we, I mean, we got along right away and, yeah. uh, and and it was cool too because gavin didn't really know what i was up to he he was just kind of like flattered like well you know like that's cool that someone wants to shoot with me almost type thing he's very humble had he seen your films no i don't think so i didn't even i wasn't like oh here check this out it was just kind of like let's see what happens and then um once we kind of started going i knew i was like okay this this could possibly happen and um What's he doing? And then, what's that? What's he doing? Who? Gavin, as like his for his life. Is he well, living, yeah, he's living in Hawaii. Yeah, yeah, he lives in Hawaii. On the, you know, he lives on the North Shore. He doesn't travel too much. You know, he does, he does a couple trips a year, maybe. So he's he's just raising his um, his kids. You know, Marley's getting up there now. I don't know, eleven or twelve, and then Banyan. Um, so yeah, he's been really focused on that. It, it seems like, and then you know, obviously he's like a just a, like a life a Volcom. He's he is Volcom, you know him. There's a few guys. It's like you know, Ozzy and Gavin are Volk. So Volcom has been able to, you know, I'm I'm sure that that um, that's his main focus. Whatever Volcom wants him to do, or yeah, and then yeah, he does a lot of other like cool stuff with some organizations and just chilling on the north shore just like he's he's happy there and uh yeah so stoked the dream come true to have him in the movie and then also like doing spoken word for it and he summarizes and, and sets the movie up perfect and uh, so so stoked you know good yeah, <laughs> right on jack coleman well thank you so much yeah dls thank you bro Zone Frequency is available for rent on Vimeo for $4.99. You can buy it for $10.99, as Jack said. I've linked to all of that on surfsplendorpodcast.com, where you can watch the trailer, you can see stills from the film, 
and some shots of Jack and I at the Florida Surf Film Festival, which I owe a huge thank you to John Brooks and Kevin Miller for hosting that wonderful festival and investing in surf film in general. So thanks guys for that. Slowtide.co is where you can get the highest quality towels, both beach towels, bath towels, they're designed as functional pieces of art, and uh, that's no joke. They do collabs with various artists, Clark Little and Takashi Murakami included. And beyond those artist collabs, even just their styles are beautifully designed. My oversized woven towel hasn't faded at all in the past year that I've been using it, and I use it all the time. Um, I've also got a beach blanket that I use all of the time, just leave it in my car. Their new line of bath towels is also amazing. They use a cotton leads program and their polyester products are made from 100% recycled post-consumer waste, primarily recycled plastic bottles. So not only is it the highest quality product, but they're responsibly made, they're built to last. So you should start thinking about holiday gifting and you can do that on slowtide.co. Use the word podcast as the promo code and you'll receive 10% off your order, which also hugely supports this show. So slowtide.co, promo code podcast. Thank you so much. Also, if you donate any amount to this show in the month of November, you'll be entered to win one of two Almond slash Surfrider soft tops. So we've got a 5.4 quad and an 8.0 single fin to give away this month. Super excited to share those with you. Surfsplendorpodcast.com slash donate is where you can see the boards, learn more about them, and then drop some change into the bucket to keep this show moving forward. I hope that you're also enjoying our weekly episodes of The Grit. We do those on Fridays with Chess Smith. And then I'll be over on Spit with Scott Bass on Tuesday of next week. And then back here with Jamie Brissick next Wednesday for another episode of Surf Splendor. A lot to look forward to. So until then, this is David Scales reminding you to get back into the ocean, share some waves, and shred on. Thank you.